Welcome once again, Bears fans. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. We're back with Bear Scat. And remember, Bear Scat said Bajan Orange first. Yeah, how about it? You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, that was fun. I uh, don't know if it means anything. I don't really think it has any long-term repercussions from for, for the franchise. But It means that the backup quarterback is not inept. The backup quarterback is once again the most power or uh, most popular person in Chicago. <laughs> oh my God, we haven't heard that before. Yeah, exactly. It, it was fun watching him. He looked pretty good out there, and he was playing against just a team that was just dead on arrival. But he got the ball out quick, and he made the throws that he had to. And the offensive line and running game played great. And Hey, Tyson Bagent, Division Two undrafted rookie from Shepard, won himself an NFL game. So that's really cool. It is a really cool story. Yeah, before we analyze it any further, really cool story. Very happy for him, and it was fun to see them win a game at Soldier Field for the first time in over <laughs> a year. <laughs> that, that's not so fun. That stat is almost unbelievable. It took over a calendar year to get a second win at Soldier Field, but and against a terrible team. Yeah, boy, they just. Couldn't do anything on either side of the ball. <laughs> Brian Hoyer couldn't move the ball at all. Josh Jacobs looked like he was running in mud. And Brian Ra- Hoyer, terrible. And the, yeah, and the the, Ra- the Raiders' defense just didn't want to tackle anybody. I mean, <laughs> I, I we we went all through the game prep and we're like, yeah, Max Crosby could wreck this game, and the defensive line's pretty good, and they're just going to be able to right. stack the box. And they did stack the box. They just couldn't tackle anybody. They, and, they were just, it, it, it was like, wait a second, they they do have a pretty good defensive line. And in like a kind of a big game for them, too. They were 3-3 three and three and fighting for potentially a playoff berth. If the Raiders had any fans... <laughs> they would be so angry about that effort. They, they just were completely dead, and Josh McDaniels somehow managed to get out coached by Matt Eberflus. That's scary. But, I mean, I guess credit where credit's due. You give credit to Bajent, you give credit to Dante Foreman and the offensive line and the defense. I mean, the Bears looked pretty good with the obvious caveat that they were playing just a terrible team. Is Josh McDaniels a head coach in the NFL? Technically, <laughs> uh, he's he's sure getting paid like he's won. I, I don't know what he does. This is, the, I mean, this is his second stint, and in the same division too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's still total futility. Well, and amazingly, this one's gone better than his first stint, and it's not still, much. It's still awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember when the Raiders hired him. It was the same cycle as Eberflus, and I was like, man, I kind of think maybe the Bears missed the boat on that one, and boy, was I wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, they there was so much hype. It seems like there was almost more hype when he went to the Raiders than he when he went to Denver. Simply because it was like, okay, he went back and hung out with Belichick again for a while. And now he's got this whole wealth of knowledge that he's bringing with him. And... <laughs> I mean... It, it's, it's been a complete failure because you remember the story with that was is that nobody even thought he was interviewing and then the Raiders got permission to interview him after a lot of teams, including the Bears, had already hired their coach. So I, I think we were like recording an episode actually when the news broke that he was interviewing with the Raiders and I was like, man, God, I really wish we 
could have gotten a shot at him because I would have been excited to get Josh McDaniels over Matt Eberflus. And in my defense, Matt Eberflus has still been bad. But uh, yeah. McDaniels is just terrible. He, he, you know, the only reason I would have been excited is simply because he, of, of his experience as being a, a, an offensive coordinator. But, um, yeah, the, there, there's some disconnect that's going on with that guy that... Actually, it probably would have made a lot of sense if the Bears would have got him. Yeah, hey, fit right in. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm certainly glad that he did. Yeah, and, you know, Tyson Bajan is going to get another start this week. Yeah. He, he wasn't really asked to do very much against no. Vegas. He didn't really have to. He just made the throws that he needed to, and he let the running game do the rest, and the Raiders just had no interest in playing football. So. He didn't hurt himself. He did not. That's true. That was one of my concerns. I was like, this guy might get himself killed because he's not going to be used to the game speed. And that didn't happen. He didn't really get hit much, if at all. So. No. Well, he got, what, one sack was one sack by Crosby? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. I would almost would have thought there had been five. Well, I. <laughs> but for some reason, did you notice the offensive line showed up? Yeah, it's like they accidented their way into their best offensive line combination because. They had to bench white hair, but then they had to put white hair back in because Nate Davis got hurt, but they put white hair in at guard, and then they moved Tevin Jenkins back to right guard, and then Darnell Wright wasn't going to play, but then he did play, and then he played really well, even though his shoulder, he couldn't lift his arm. Him and uh, Tevin Jenkins were like a force to be dealt with. Yeah, I really like the two of them lined up together. It's just... Uh, I saw a stat... um, that their uh, the the rushing yards on their side of the line versus the other side was like one point five to one. Oh yeah, can you imagine lining up across from those two guys and seeing them coming downhill right at you? It's just athletic and beastly. Two absolutely gigantic human beings. Yeah, and Darnell Wright. When you look at the film, his shoulder was clearly injured. Like yeah. he was not moving that arm well, and the fact that he played a really good game I, I think the bears got a really good one with that pick and i do too we could quibble over the players they could have drafted but it does seem like darnell wright is the real deal and as a rookie i think he's played really well and it's only gonna improve i, I think that was gonna i think that's gonna end up being a really good draft pick but yeah. the bears have needed to invest in a tackle for decades and they finally did and it i think it's gonna pay off yeah i do too and the rest of the line played well and yeah i mean even the defense seems to have figured something out over the last couple weeks where's that defense been we're, we're i know we're talking about the vikings without justin jefferson and then we're talking about brian hoyer but the, the, the defense. We are talking about Brian Hoyer. God, didn't he used to play for the Bears? Isn't it crazy that Brian Hoyer in 2023 is starting an NFL game? Yes. I mean, how does he have a job? I feel like when he was on the Bears, I felt like he was 40 years old, and that was 2016. No, uh, Colin Kaepernick wasn't banned from the NFL. <laughs> it was just weird that Brian Hoyer and Mike Glennon still had jobs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so you take the, the defensive performance with a bit of a grain of salt, but this is now a couple of decent efforts in a row by them, and maybe that side of the ball with the secondary getting a little healthier is figuring it out a little bit. It's going to be a, a, a tougher test this week, but 
I mean, very few things to complain about in the game, and that's something that we're not used to. No, uh, we should have a long list right about now, and we should still be having lingering pissed offness. <laughs> but actually, uh, it it was that was a big part of of the win was just watching the game uh, from from play one. Uh, the team seemed to have. Uh, a, a drive, a fire burning, uh, things were really rolling their way on uh, all phases. Uh, let's not leave out special teams. Special teams had a really good day too. Uh, you know, and at the same time, the Raiders, like you said, just seemed inept and uh, completely lost in every facet of the game too. Uh, we mentioned the Max Crosby sack. That was about the only good play that they had the entire game. They had a few catches by Devontae Adams, but that was it. Yeah, and a horrible dropped touchdown in garbage time. Exactly. You don't see that from him very often, but yeah, the Raiders just didn't show up at all. Um, What is your current position on Mr. Bajent. Okay, so, you know, this, of course, we were Bears fans, so we got to overblow everything. Uh, yes, it's great that Bajent played a good game. Uh, you know, here on the scat, uh, you know, our our friend Chris called out Bajent before all y'all. But uh, the thing is, is that he looked good. Uh, the word that is in total orbit around him right now is poise. And yeah, he does. He shows a lot of poise. He shows like he belongs. Like, I know how to play this game. I can handle this. And that is awesome. There's nothing more than I want is to have several good quarterbacks on the team because that just doesn't happen to Chicago. We can't even get one, <laughs> let alone multiple. Yeah. So... That's that's great that uh, he had a great first game. We'll see how he does this game, and they'll continue to develop him. It looks like he's going to be worth having on the team for several years to come, and I certainly hope we do. And could he possibly be a franchise quarterback? Yes, he possibly could be. Unlikely. But... At, yes, unlikely. But at this point, it's a, it's moot. It doesn't matter. Fields is the starter. Fields is where all the resources have gone, and Fields is what we need to find out about. He That's what the goal has been since week one, and that's still the goal, and it's going to be the goal through the whole season. And I, even next season, it's worth looking at as to whether he's going to be the, the prime guy still. Is it I mean, do you look at it as a guarantee that we're going to draft somebody? No, definitely not. I, I think... If Fields comes back in week nine and just balls out for the second half of the season. Which could happen. I don't think they're going to draft anybody. And it could happen. We haven't seen a lot of evidence to suggest that it will. But when Fields got hurt against the Vikings, he was coming off of two really good games. And sure, the first half of the Vikings game was terrible. But we don't know what would have happened if he had stayed in and had been able to finish that game. So... I think we're going to see a lot more of him in the second half of the season. The people saying that they're going to stick with Bajent, it's like, why? No. It's not going to happen. So when Fields gets back against the Saints, we're going to see how he looks. And 
if he goes out and has a terrible four-game stretch and the Bears go 0-4, then maybe we do see Bajent again in the final quarter of the season. But I think the overwhelming likelihood is Fields comes back. He's probably looks a lot like he's looked pretty much his whole time here some good some bad and then we're going to get to the offseason and the bears are going to fire the coach and whatever the new coach they hire should be allowed to decide if they want to bring back justin fields for his fourth year or if they want to draft somebody i think that's how it's going to work or at least it should yeah jim and i were talking uh before the show and both of us are we're in agreement where the heck is this offensive line play been? Where the heck is this defense been? Where the heck is, uh, is you know the the running game looking competent been? You know this looked like the running game of of the second half of last season. Why has Dante Foreman been inactive? Well, yeah, why is Dante? I mean, they went and got him specifically from Carolina because of the of the of the uh, uh, adjusted yards. Uh, per carry that he could bring that Montgomery does not have, still does not have. Everybody's celebrating him over in Detroit, even though he's running behind an offensive line that is 10 times as good as Chicago's. But his yards per carry are still crap. Montgomery? Yeah. And look, I'm all smiles and balloons for him doing well exactly but yeah i thought foreman was an upgrade too and then he was kind of just inexplicably inactive and it's not like the bears running game was really doing anything special and i was just wondering did they just sign a guy that's injured or that's just gonna bust out because we've seen that plenty of times yeah but you, you see him out there and he's running hard and basically carrying the offense for portions of that game. It's like, why was this guy not able to crack the lineup? And Oh, by the way, nice uh, touchdown on the screen pass. That, yeah. was, uh, that was not something that I felt that he was bringing to the game. But he sure showed his catching ability on Sunday. Yeah, three-touchdown game, right? Yeah. So I think we're going to see more of him. It seems like he's found himself into the lineup. And uh, Roshan Johnson, you know, it's kind of at the point now where you're starting to get a little concerned about just the guy's health. Yeah. Just, you know, concussion protocol, multiple weeks, doesn't sound good. But I think he is back at practice now and is progressing towards being back in the lineup. That's so, the way I understand it, too. You know, it, it's like, why did it take two significant injuries to get Dante Foreman out there when he's got that type of game in his back pocket? And yeah. Yeah, again, Raiders suck. But it's not like he wasn't doing the same stuff last year in Carolina so I just don't really understand why he hasn't been active but I think he's going to be active going forward just based on what he's shown so far another another question mark generated by our coaching staff that uh we just it's one of those things that we find ourselves uh, confounded dumbfounded confused it, we, we just don't seem to ever understand what these guys' plan is. I mean, I understand. I'm not talking about the, the nuances of the playbook. I'm talking about just your overall theme, just your general plan. You know, what, what is it that you're, uh, um, I think it was Parcells used to say, come, we're going to run, come running off the, off the bus, right? I mean, what is it that your game plan is? Because when up to this point, Yet Sunday, it looked like they had a clear idea of what they wanted to do. There was parameters set up. So up to this point, I don't feel like there's been any. No. It's almost been looked like a free-for-all out there. No, I, I was watching the game, and I just remember saying something exactly like that, which is like, 
it looks like they actually had an idea of what they wanted to do, <laughs> and that idea made sense, and they stuck with it. And look, Wait, what? It's a lot easier to execute your game plan when you're playing from ahead. I get that. I, I get when you fall behind, you need to Which adjust, we do a lot. And sometimes those adjustments don't work, but a big part of the reason they've fallen behind is because the offense has come out of the gate completely incompetent in multiple games. Yeah. So Either I, that or the defense has come out as an absolute sieve. like a hot knife through butter or both yeah exactly happened a couple times that that has happened a few times and my question was like what are they doing with bajant that fields wasn't able to execute i think the answer to that is nothing but theoretically you should be able to take that game plan that you trotted out on sunday and enhance it so that it's not overly complicated, but that it's capable of being a little bit more explosive when you have the more explosive quarterback in there. Yes. Like, Justin Fields is able to push the ball downfield better than Tyson Bajan. Tyson yes. Justin Fields is able to d- run the ball more explosively than Tyson Bajan. Those things are obvious, but when you simplify the game plan down for Bajan and it works, it's like, well, why have you been running all this convoluted nonsense with the better quarterback? Yeah. It's just like, if he can't run it, then... Apply the same concepts that you applied to Bajant, but make them a little bit more complicated and more geared down the field. Like, t- figure that out. Like, it doesn't have to be one extreme or the other. You know, one um, basic that I noticed on Sunday that uh, you would think is a given, but I certainly haven't seen it up to this point, is just the solid line giving Bajant a second to breathe before he has to throw the ball, okay? Uh, It's not a good thing when on the first play of the game, you come out with an empty backfield and a edge rusher is on your quarterback unabated in one second. That's not a good way to get going. Notice we didn't see any of that on Sunday. Yeah, and that's what I mean about the two extremes. It's like... Why are you asking Justin Fields to do things that he's clearly not comfortable doing when the backup comes in and you actually then tailor a game plan in a way that makes sense to what he's able to do? Like, if you're capable of doing it for one, you should be capable of doing it for both of them. Yeah. Even if the game plans that you design are a little bit different based on the skill sets of the quarterbacks. It's like, why are you out there running the Mike Martz, let's try to get our quarterback killed playbook with Justin Fields. Yeah. And then Bajan comes out and everything's out in a second. Those two extremes don't make sense to me. Now, one thing um, that you did mention, and it's worth mentioning again, is the offensive line um, maybe played its best game of the season. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and a lot of this has to do with injuries finally rolling a little bit in favor of Chicago, getting the guys on the field that we really believe are the starters all at the same time. (laughs) Kind of, though, because Nate Davis is the most expensive part of the offensive line isn't there. Yeah. But, yeah, you get Jenkins back to right guard where he played well, and Lucas Patrick was actually noticeable for good reasons this time, and (laughs) Cody Whitehair seemed to play a little bit better at guard, so... We'll figure out how that all comes together once Davis is ready to come back. I still think they've got a couple weeks. And then I guess Braxton Jones is coming back this week. So you you get another starter back. Maybe the line's just getting a little bit healthier. 
But, yeah, that was a really good performance by them. And like I said earlier, it kind of felt like they accidented their way into that combination. Yes. But it worked. So I guess keep rolling with it this week and see if you can replicate it against what's a little bit better of a defense in the Chargers. Although they they stink, too. They're just a little better than the Raiders. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, all I'm saying is is that if that if if Fields would have been out there on Sunday, it's not to me. It's not a jump to say it, it would have. You would have seen him play better as well. Yeah, I mean, Fields could have put up fifty. Yeah, Fields would have had a, a really good day if he would have been able to be out there. Everything was rolling for them. Also, all eight cylinders were firing for them, and. You know, a big part, uh, obviously, of what has been Fields' issues is having a stable offensive line in front of him. Every quarterback needs that in the NFL, no matter how good you are. And that's the thing. is, is I mean, you know, you think about the best quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, he's also got an outstanding offensive line in front of him. So it's not all just him. Everybody needs to be able to take, you know, two seconds to or three seconds to throw the ball. You know, not not have to throw the ball after one second. Not have people in your lap as soon as you snap the ball. Yeah, and the greats can maybe make it work if the offensive line is subpar, but that's not a good way to develop your quarterback. No, and and and, and you know, the, and we saw it in the running game too. Absolutely. I mean, the offensive line for the first part of the year was just not very good at all. So. If this is the combination that's going to work, then we'll see how long it sticks together. Nate Davis has a high ankle sprain, so you think he's going to miss at least a couple more weeks. And yeah. Believe me, that's plenty of time for another injury to pop up on this group. So, Well, and like you said, uh, Braxton Jones came off IR. That's a good thing. Hopefully. And he, he wasn't very good his first couple games. He, he, he did struggle some. I mean... It, it, with with the offensive line, it's kind of hard to just to point out one guy unless he's exceptionally bad. To me, the line has their issues have been magnified simply because they're just they're throwing five guys together. Whoever is available, please put on your uniform and go out on the field, <laughs> right? So I think uh, I think you know if we, like you said. I, it almost feels like the Bears kind of backed into like actually having the the right guys on the field. I think adding Braxton Jones back certainly is a plus. It does. You know what that game just like really reinforced though, just to me, how much it absolutely sucked losing those games to Minnesota and Denver. Yeah. Like, I know randomness happens in the NFL and sometimes just you lose games that you should win and you win games that you should lose, but... God, those two games were right there for them. Yep. And if a couple of other things break your way and you don't just completely piss it down your leg, then the Bears could be sitting here at, what, 4-3 and three right now and we could actually be talking about a meaningful second half of the season. And, look, if, would, coulda, shoulda, I know. Like, you, you lost the games, you're 2-5, and five, but it's just, man, the season was supposed to be a little bit better in terms of the record and a little bit better in terms of when you're playing competitive games and hey if they go out there and beat the chargers this week which they could then hey three and five you're not completely out of it but man it's just like there's just been so many missed opportunities already with this team and that's not even getting into the fact that they got absolutely blown out by the packers who are terrible yeah so just a really (laughs) frustrating start to the season and it, it Makes it so you enjoy these games a little bit less because I was watching the game and I was like, 
hey, it's great that they're winning, but I'm like, uh, is this damaging our opportunity to get Marvin Harrison Jr. or one of the top, top tier draft picks because we're out there just beating the crap out of this just dead ass Raiders team. But hey, that's the NFL. It's week to week. It seems like things have gotten better over the last four games or so and are, are trending upward a bit on both sides of the ball. It, it hasn't looked nearly as bad, and it's shown in the record. You've got, what, two and one in the last three? So, yeah. hey, that's better than what we've been dealing with. And with the trade deadline coming up, we'll pivot to our next topic. There had been a lot of rumors about just chipping players off this roster. Yep. What's your thoughts on what we're going to see from the trade deadline? Because I think this is our last episode before it. Yeah, so, of course, the number one name in play from Chicago is Jalen Johnson. Um, the reason is, uh, number one, he hasn't got his new deal yet. Um, we've talked about it on the show multiple times. Uh, we both believed that he would get a new deal uh, over the off season, or at least he was a prime candidate to get it. Uh, you know, polls uh, decided not to do that. Um, he stepped in front of the camera. <laughs> he took off his helmet. That was like, okay, um, I don't think you can do that, but I don't know. Anyway, he stepped in front of the camera and was, you know, flipping, flipping his Benjamins in front of the camera. Yeah. So. I mean, I, it, that was pretty clear what the message was Well, there. He's, he said it after the game. He's, they, they asked him, like, is, is that your way of sending a message to management? And he said, 100%. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that we need to keep him. Yeah. Uh, the uh, polls has already made it clear that having the secondary be improved was one of his prime targets and he's done that in year one and he's done that here in year two and so uh taking away arguably the best player in the secondary certainly doesn't make a lot of sense no it doesn't and also when you listen to the other players on the defense talk about how good of a leader he is and how much he's loved in the locker room i think it sends the right message to reward a guy that's earned it yeah I don't know what Jalen Johnson's contract demands are. I don't get the sense that he's asking to be the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. Just, I listen to the guy do his weekly hit on the score every week and everyone should listen to it. It's just absolutely one of the more, the the most interesting, like recurring hit you'll I've ever heard with a professional athlete. Like he just doesn't pull any punches. He just says it like it is and he'll, give you a really good insights to what's going on in that locker room. But just through listening to that, through listening to his teammates talk about the type of leader he is and the type of presence he is throughout the locker room, like it's just a guy you want around. And he's only 20, yeah. 24. Yeah. So he could realistically be one of the leaders of the defense for the next seven, eight years, depending on how long he wants to play. Like just, I hope they get this extension done. I hope that they don't drag their feet on it and then end up franchising him or end up, trading him in the offseason or whatever the case might be. I think this is somebody that you want to build your defense around. He's done everything right. I was joking that he's probably the person in the organization that's done his job best over the last two years. Yeah. So reward him. You extended Cole Komet, and I think that's fair. But Jalen Johnson's been the player on your team most deserving of an extension. And I hope they give it to him. Yeah, and I don't... It's like you said, he he's really... Um, performed well, uh, a, a large uh, 
weight was put on his shoulders as soon as he came to uh, Chicago and, uh, you know, of, of responsibility. And not to mention just kind of for a while there, he was like the only player that they had. I remember Pace in his second year, like it was Jalen Johnson as the starting cornerback and then the other corners on the roster were like Kendall Vildor <laughs> and... Kendall Vildor was a rookie, and he was he was one of the better guys. Like, who is the guy, like, Anthony Tolliver? Like, yeah. you just, you go back and look at these rosters, and you're like, who are these people? Yeah. And you I, had Jay- well, Duke Shelley, I think, was a, I think he was a rookie, too. God, it's just so bad looking back at those rosters, but. They, they need to, they need to sign him. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And they've got the cap space to do it, so just get it done, and. On the, on the same time, people I heard say, well, now that Jalen Johnson finally got a couple turnovers, that like solidifies his case. I'm like, all right, slow your roll there. It was against Brian Hoyer. But yeah. like, if you if you watch the Bears, you know what kind of player Jalen Johnson is. He takes away a side of the field. Teams tend not to throw at him very much. He doesn't have a lot of takeaways. That's going to be a big reason why he doesn't get a top five cornerback deal, I don't think. But he's clearly one of the better cornerbacks in the league. He's still really young and... I want him around, so I, yeah. I I hope they get him they get him signed to an extension. If they trade him over the next week, then I am going to be really unhappy about that. I just think that if you trade him, you're going to spend the next five years trying to draft somebody that's as good. And I I don't really think that you're going to get a lot for him. I don't think so. I, I because I mean it, he's the kind of player that um it, it, he's the, he's a he's a buyer's market player. I mean. A buyer with him can look at him and say, well, you know, look at his numbers. Uh, you know, he only had one interception, you know, going into this last uh, this last game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not giving you any more than a, a third for him. You I'm know, and it's think- like, what we, we, we need him more as a player than we do a third round pick. Exactly. Like, I'm trying to think of if there's been any comps recently for like, Really young, really productive cornerback traded during the season. Nothing's coming to mind. I'll keep thinking about it over the episode. But I tend to agree. It's not like you're going to get a first-round pick for this guy. No. And any team that trades for him is going to be a team that's trying to go to the playoffs, which means they're picking towards the end of whatever round pick they're giving up. So what what would be the purpose unless you, you get some massive haul and i don't think they're going to get that massive haul no um it, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense uh to me if anything um if 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 anything the bears are in more of a position to uh maybe go and get some players in this before the trade deadline before we go to that um these are some of the names also that are rumored uh, Cody Whitehair um, is a, is a possibility again. What are you getting? For him? I, what are you getting? Um, Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson would, in my opinion, would be the prime candidate, except he's hurt. Yeah, exactly. It's, and he, his injury, yeah, his injury history is not good. Um, and uh, uh, you know. If you if you flip the if you flip the script, um, the the first name that that comes up, uh, and I'm certainly in favor of uh, looking at it is is Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, we need a young edge rusher, and here is one that 
we should be able to get at a a decent price um, because the because Washington can't keep him. Washington cannot keep him and Montez Sweat. And everything I have read for the last couple of years has pointed towards them keeping Sweat. So I it, that leaves Young, and Young is off to an outstanding start this season. The guy is a physical, a serious physical specimen. Five sacks in six games. Yeah, so he is a prime candidate because they don't they don't trade him now. They're not going to get anything for him. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to franchise him if you're Washington. I don't know what their cap situation is, but I would love Chase Young. I don't know what you're going to have to give up in terms of draft picks. And then you've got to sign him to a contract extension, yeah. so he'll be expensive, but. That's what this team is looking for, yeah. is impact young defensive end. And look, we've patched it together now this year with Demarcus Walker, who has actually been okay, and Ngakwe, who I think has been a bit of a disappointment. Yeah. But man, they need a pass rusher that just... <laughs> he's done, he had a, he, he's had a Dominique Robinson uh, year so far. He had a sack in the first game and then disappeared. Yeah, it's not, not what you paid for, but... Man, it, they need an impact edge rusher so badly, and I think a lot of Bears fans think that the plan is to use uh, one of the two first-round picks on that position this yeah. year, and I think they probably will do that, but if they could go out and get Chase Young for like a third, I don't know what the price will be, but man, that would create a lot of excitement in this city because that is exactly what this team's been looking for. Now, uh, the it, the interesting thing is, how many teams will be in play for him? I'm, you know, Washington, of course, will be looking to get as much as possible. I'm sure they're going to ask for a first rounder for him. It, does anybody step up and say, we'll give up that for him? Because the thing is, is that his play since his rookie season, well, has been pretty much non-existent. I've said it before, and you can you can say it a million times. You can be the greatest player on the planet, but if you're not playing for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and he basically lost two years due to injury, right? Yeah, and this year started a little slow, but has really started to come on. And yeah, like, but I mean, you know, basically what you're you're what you're betting on is five games of play, <laughs> which is, is certain that, that there's some risk there. I don't think they're getting a first round pick for Chase Young. I don't think so either. Because you also have to sign him to the extension then, unless... And you're going to have to sign him to a big extension. Unless it's a team like, I don't even know, that maybe the Chiefs that can make it work with the cap and are trying to make a Super Bowl run, and they're just like saying, whatever, we're just going to trade the future because this is our shot. The Chiefs are a bad example because it's their shot every year, but... Maybe well, a, and they, they still have the Chris Jones situation to deal with. Maybe, maybe a team like the Bengals, who are like, this is maybe our last chance with this core because you've got the T. Higgins situation. I don't know what a, a team's willing to give up for Chase Young. I'd be surprised if it's a first. Maybe you can get him for a second. I'd be surprised if it's a contender. I, I, I think that the team that goes and gets him has to be uh, somebody like Chicago that is more towards the bottom side and is looking at it as, well, he's part of our rebuild investment. Uh, I mean, another team that immediately jumped to mind 
for me was the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Um, they are, you know, in a very similar situation and they're, uh, they have a question mark with Daniel Hunter. They don't know what's going to happen with him because he's only signed to the end of the year. And I found out, um, that he has a, uh, a clause in his new contract that they cannot franchise him at the end of the season. That's an unusual cause, a clause to have in your, in your deal. So, they're, they're going to be stuck without him, too. So I, I would expect them to be a player in this game. Um, and, and, you know, there's there's some other uh, teams that are kind of in similar, similar situations as, as the Bears. And, but the thing is, is I think this is a perfect guy for the Bears to go get. Uh, I think Chase Young uh, brings exactly the kind of player that... Poles has seemed to want to have on his team. He's the right age. He's that long, fast, physical specimen. Uh, he has a lot of potential, and he, you know, he does. Ha- he is a veteran, so he already has some time in the league. He already has some video about what this guy can possibly do, and you know, he's supposedly healthy after two years now, and he's doing pretty well. Yeah, and one advantage of the injury is that's just two fewer years of wear and tear, right? Two two fewer years worth of hits on the body. So I, I love the idea. I hope that Poles doesn't shy away from making a move like that because he already completely botched one last year yeah. with Claypool. We'll see. I, I do think Young is pretty likely to be traded. It just doesn't seem like it's working there in Washington just holistically and they just lost to the Giants so their yeah their season is going the wrong direction and I agree with you I don't think that they're able to sign him to a long-term deal so I, I think they'll want to get something for him and yeah we'll see I would absolutely love it I, I think that would be really exciting for this defense and I would have no issues at all with them going out and getting Chase Young yeah I I, I really do I, I I hope they make it happen um you know it, it is it's a, a in the and the the report card for polls, you know he he's got a big fat F from <laughs> from Chase Claypool, and so he does need to bring some uh, uh, some special sauce back to the back to the team, and and this would be a good way of certainly make thing um, you know uh, go a long ways toward helping us forget about yeah, that, get that taste out of your mouth a little right. bit. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with you. I love the idea. Um, I mean, the only other name I've really seen floated is Jerry Judy. I don't love the idea that much. What about, um, so in receiver land, there's a few names out there. Um, Judy is one of them. Uh, T. Higgins is another. T. Higgins will not be playing for the Bengals next year. Uh, almost, I, I would say there's about one percent chance of that happening. I don't think they're trading him though. I think that they're taking one more shot at it. You know, the thing is, is that they have little to stand on though, because they're going to have to pay him an absolute fortune to stay next year, and his injuries this year, yeah, they're a little, <laughs> they're a little bit suspect. Not like I'm not saying that he's faking, but. I think we know that players can have their injuries maybe last a little bit longer. And he was not happy with the organization, how they handled his contract situation in the offseason. So um, he, he, he wants to go. And I think he would be an awesome addition for, for Fields in the, in the offense. Um, 
the one thing is, is that he does seem like he wanted to be the guy. And then the Bengals, instead of, uh, you know, that was, we've talked about that before. Instead of drafting Penny Sewell, they went ahead and drafted Jamar Chase. And I think that since that happened, he has been like, I don't want to be in Cincinnati anymore because I wanted to be the guy. I wanted to be the big contract guy. I wanted to be the number one. And then you went and drafted him. Yeah, I don't follow that situation that closely. I just don't think he's getting traded at the deadline. I don't think you trade a talent like that when you've got a when you got Super Bowl aspirations. But if he is disgruntled and they know it in the building, then maybe they're saying, "Look, we're not getting the best from this guy. Let's cut our losses and get a draft pick instead of losing him for nothing." So I'll I would love it again. Yeah. I would have no issues adding him yeah. to the roster. Yeah. And, um, well, what about Judy? Uh, I mean, Judy has had, you know, friend of the show, Matt has pointed out that he has had a problem with drops and he, and he has, um, he certainly is not, he's underperformed. Yeah. I just don't really love the idea of like having to trade a top draft pick for a receiver like that. And I know I, I liked the Claypool thing when it happened, but you didn't have DJ Moore at the time. Right. Like, they've already spent a lot to get DJ Moore in here. They needed anybody when they drafted Claypool. Right. And that's why we both were okay with it. Right. So if you're going to trade another second-round pick to go get Judy, who's another player that's just had productivity concerns, I just, eh. When you've already traded what you did for DJ Moore, I, I don't love the idea of making another trade for a receiver. Plus, as you said, the taste is still really bad right now. Uh, that was such a bad deal. Um, he, he, you know, Poles, Poles took a big black mark on that on that one, and he he's really going to have to work uh, a little extra to 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 get that. Uh, get that taste, uh, get rid of that taste for right now. Um, I, I Yeah, so uh, those are about the only ones that I had right now. Um, you know, so I will mention this. Um, uh, ESPN yesterday published a new mock draft. Uh, Jordan Reed uh, came out with one. I mean, obviously it's very early, but this stuff is fun to look at just because it, it, it sees how, you know, we go with the draft order and in this new mock draft, it has the Bears uh, picking number one overall. Um, they uh, right now, um, I think they have a thirty thirty nine They have a thirty nine point eight percent chance of having the number one pick in the NFL right now. Uh, of course, that's Carolina's pick, and they and it has them picking Caleb Williams. What would you think if that happened? I wouldn't if they have the first pick. I feel like that's probably where they go. Yeah, I I, I don't really know how you can argue it. Um, some people I know like Drake May more, but I think if they have the first overall pick, then overwhelming likelihood is they're going quarterback, and Caleb Williams is the best quarterback on the board. So, uh, what have you thought about Williams? Uh, you know, the last two games he hasn't played very well, and well, they've lost. Yeah, and. There's, uh, and he has a stacked team. And there's a history there with Lincoln Riley because Lincoln Riley is very good at developing quarterbacks to play in college. Yeah. And we've seen those quarterbacks struggle a little bit in the pros. Baker Mayfield comes to mind. Kyler Murray's been Jalen pretty Hurts good. Too. But Jalen Hurts was developed in Bama. Yeah. He, he played with Lincoln Riley for a year and 
sure, still a Lincoln Riley quarterback, but I, I don't know. I I don't have a crystal ball when it comes to that stuff. I, I know people talk about Caleb Williams as an absolutely elite prospect, and you see the flashes, but yeah, the last couple games have not been good for him, and he's gone up against really tough defenses with guys that'll be playing on Sunday, so that's a concern, but you don't get perfect prospects, and I think if they're picking at one, they're going quarterback. Caleb Williams has all the hype right now, but if in their evaluation they decide it's another guy, then more power to him. I hope they get it right. Um, the other, and this is just a, you know, like I said, it was just an exercise, but uh, the other pick was pick five. Uh, they had um, taking uh, Dallas Turner, who's edge rusher from Alabama, Um and you know, basically, they they sum it up. Um, he's kind of he's he's basically playing like Will Anderson was at this time last year. Um, you know, I, I certainly have been one of the people that has looked at it as uh, if they're if if they do end up with pick one like you, uh, you know, do they do they take Caleb Williams? Is is that the destiny? Um, I do feel like one of the top picks does need to be an edge rusher. Now, I'm of the opinion that if even if we did get uh, Chase Young, I still think one of the top picks should be an edge rusher because having uh, too many edge rushers is not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. Yeah, so, it's interesting. I'm like, I go back and forth on it because obviously the edge rush we've talked about, they need to address it. But I'm like, man, it would be really nice to go just best quarterback, best left tackle. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is that um, that kid from uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, um, the kid from Penn State, uh, whose name is uh, looks like about. Uh, 25 letters long. Olamunwe <laughs> Afashunu. Uh, he's supposed to be um, an elite elite prospect. Six foot six, 320 pounds. Big boy. And he's expected to be a left tackle in the NFL. Not a, oh, well, he was playing tackle in college and now he's going to play guard. <laughs> so um, that would be that would be outstanding as well. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to touch on that. Um, moving on over to the power rankings. And the power rankings uh, uh, this week, uh, the NFL Nation looks at the young riser on every team Price, this season. I've seen a little shuffling too, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, how do we find young riser? Well, any player who is 25, 24 years old or younger who hasn't established himself as a top player qualifies. So uh, the number one team this week is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they moved back up um, after uh, Philadelphia lost and, uh, and the Niners um, lost again. Vikings. To the Vikings, wow. Um, that was a pretty big shock right there. Uh, the top team in the uh, uh, in the NFC North are still the Lions. Uh, the Lions are at nine. They dropped because they lost as well. Uh, they dropped, uh, they got absolutely crushed Ooh. by the Ravens. Boy. And um, they dropped to number five. Their young riser, Sam Laporta. From Iowa, the Iowa is now tight end U, and let's see, and then we drop further down to. It's pretty rare with Laporta too that you see a rookie tight end pick it up so quickly. Yeah, he's uh, you know good for him. He's uh, he's having a good season. 
Um, well, the next team, of course, is the Minnesota Vikings. They went. They moved up from 25 to 21. You can probably guess who their young riser is, Jordan Addison. Um, he leads all NFL rookies with six touchdown receptions. But, uh, you know, to me, um, offensive rookie of the year still has to be... Um, Paku, uh, that that kid, he he's such a, he's such a so fun to watch, and he's such a good story, you know. Um, it, see, I, I think that you can find receivers uh, all throughout the draft. I, I don't think you have to necessarily spend a top pick on a on a receiver to get a good player. Um, the Packers are at number twenty four. Uh, they they drop down from number twenty. Can't believe they were even ranked that high. And their young riser is Dontavian Wicks, another another receiver. Um, he's basically uh, doing uh, the best out of their group. Their receiving core, uh, Wicks is um, 24, Romeo Dubs 23, Christian Watson 24, and Jaden Reed 23. That is a young group of receivers. Yeah. And Jordan Love is 24. It's a young group. They just haven't showed much, but they've got time. Yeah. Uh, and where are we? I would put the Bears this week, I think, at 29th. Number 30. All right. Yeah. So um, they... Uh, <laughs> they actually dropped a spot. <laughs> they had the Cardinals and the Panthers. Uh, in front of the Cardinals and the Panthers, right? right? Um, and it says, uh, who's the young riser? I was kind of thinking about that as you were talking. Um, would it be... It, it wouldn't be Jalen Johnson, would it? No. Uh, uh, they, the young riser, I'm really pretty disappointed with Courtney Cronin for picking him. She picked Tyson Bagent. Oh, okay. And... I just I think that's really cheese ball. I mean, we've said yes, we're happy for him. We were we were cheerleaders for Bajan from the beginning of the season, so we're, we're certainly happy that he's doing well. But is he going to be a major factor anytime soon? No, no. Um, you know, it's so I would have I would have preferred. I mean, to me, if you're if you're going to look at the young riser. You already mentioned him, and you have faith that he's going to be a, a truly impact player, and that is right. Yeah, Darnell Wright plays an unsung position. You don't see tackles names in the stats, but he is so important to the develop of this team, and I think uh, that polls really hit it on the head with him. Yeah, I agree. I don't agree with Tyson Bajan being a rising star or whatever it is, but <laughs> hey, they gotta get they gotta get clicks too, and people don't want to read about the right tackle. So. Exactly, exactly. It. Click, click. So, uh, isn't that what they said? Uh, that's what they said to uh, Deion Sanders. Yeah, he, he's playing for clicks. Yeah, and he's getting them. <laughs> uh, so we'll move on to uh, spin around the division quickly. Spin around the division, and uh, looks like. Uh, the first game we got listed here is Minnesota at Green Bay. Boy, I mean, Green Bay sucks. Yeah, they're terrible. And it's at Lambeau. But it's uh, matchup predictors, 58-42. to 42. In favor of who? 
Minnesota. Yeah, I would pick Minnesota. They've been playing a little bit better. Um, well, I guess they played better this week. This week was Kirk Cousins' like best game as a Viking, I'm pretty sure. That could be. Completely out of nowhere. I would not have thought that they had a shot in hell against San Francisco. But, you know, the Niners have some injuries, and Debo Samuel's out, and Trent Williams out, and all of a sudden Brock Purdy looks a little bit more like the guy that was picked in the seventh round. Uh, good for the Vikings. I, I mean, the, the, I think these teams both stink, but yeah. I think the Vikings have the better quarterback, and I think that's probably enough. I mean, the Packers just can't move the ball at all unless they're playing the Bears, apparently. Yeah, I, you know, that's, uh, to me, uh, agreed. I did certainly did not see the Vikings uh, upsetting, uh, upsetting the Niners. Uh, the Niners just stepped on themselves a few times in that game, uh, and... Um, uh, of course, uh, I think everybody's seen the the sixty yard touchdown right before the half. That right there, to me, was the was the backbreaker. Um, it, it, the uh, the love the the level of mistake that was to let that happen is just something that would you know give just about any coach uh, a, a cardiac on on the sidelines. But um, uh, you know, kudos to them. Cousins is playing pretty well this this year. His numbers certainly reflect it. Um, they under, have their own quarterback issues to deal with. What are they going to do at the end of the season? But uh, he certainly is far outplaying Jordan Love. Um, Jordan Love uh, can't hit the broadside of a barn. Uh, his uh, his accuracy is absolutely terrible. I don't know how you fix that. I mean, people got to remember he's not a rookie. This is his fourth year in the league, so it will be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, how how long of a leash uh, they're going to give on it's that? Fun. But it's fun watching them have a bad quarterback. It is fun watching them. Uh, so um, you know, uh, you know, uh, the, the Packers were only able to put up 17 points against Denver and 13 points against uh, the Raiders. Uh, so I seriously doubt they're going to be able to uh, move the ball very well against uh, a fired up Minnesota team. Um, Minnesota, what's the what's the oh the line is even. Yeah, that's that one might be a good bet out there, betters. Yeah, you never know what happens at the Lambeau. I mean, the Packers. It's really a must win game for both teams. I mean, the if yeah. the Packers lose, they're done. If the Vikings lose, they're not quite done, but pretty done. Still. Yeah. So both teams need this one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm certainly going Minnesota there, um, but it's like you said, it is a heated rivalry game, um, and you know a lot of times you just throw out the records when it comes to that. So, so uh, we got um, Vegas going to Detroit. You got Vegas uh, at Detroit, and that's uh, the Monday night. Bump, bump. That's exactly what we need is that Raiders team in prime time. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Detroit 77. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. Detroit's way better. They just got absolutely embarrassed. I think they'll come out looking for blood. Vegas, we just talked about how bad they are. I think Garoppolo might be back. but Detroit, Detroit by eight. Yeah, Detroit's got what they, what they need to get this one done pretty easily. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they're able to move the ball early and often. Um, I think you see a great game by their defense. Uh, I would plan, if I was uh, Brian Hoyer, I would plan on 
uh, sending some gifts to Aiden Hutchinson before the game, uh, just so you can leave the game a whole in like one solid piece, uh, because he's going to knock your block off. Uh, you'll probably, you should probably write down everything. So after you forget from <laughs> the amount of hits to the head that you take, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be good to go. Um, and, uh, you know, that leaves, uh, the the prime game for for us. Uh, what do you see uh, with uh, with them going all the uh, out to Orange County and uh, enjoying some sun? It, it's a uh, wow! I did not expect this matchup predictor seventy four point two to twenty five point six. Yeah, I think the Chargers are a little overrated. I think so too. They're two and four, and they're not good. No, like they sound like they should be good because they've got a lot of really big names but they're not any good at all and they're also like the dumbest team you can ever possibly find wow they this week played the chiefs and they just like forgot to cover travis kelsey (laughs) like mr staley like this guy's in your division he torches you all the time why don't you maybe think about putting somebody on him so that he doesn't have over 100 yards and like 35 catches and two touchdowns in the first half like come on man so they just do things, Come on, man. Yeah, they just do things that are inexplicably dumb. And last week I made a comment to the effect of if there's one coach that could lose to a undrafted rookie from Shepard, it's Josh McDaniels. <laughs> like, if there's another team that can do it, it's this one. Yes. So the Chargers are better than the Raiders, but they're still really kind of floundering and underachieving. And if they lose this game, their coach might get fired, and that stadium's going to be 90% Bears fans. I'm a little. I'm interested to see. I mean, because I think they're going to put up a tougher test than Vegas did, and they might force Bajent to throw the ball down the field a little bit more. And we're going to see how that goes. He could turn it over five times, but I have no idea what's going to happen in the game. I, I, Chargers are a better team on paper, but they also lose games they should win all the time. So now that Bajent has shown that he can at least be competent out there, I really have. No expectation for this one, one way or another. I think uh, those are all good points. Um, And the only thing I'll add is uh, I think what we saw this week, um, a little bit of it continues uh, with Chicago. Um, I I think that you're going to see a steady dose of Deontay Foreman. Um, It's still questionable as to whether Roshan uh, comes back. Um, I'm, I would expect him to be the uh, the number two or e- maybe even the number three because Darrington Evans played pretty well uh, on Sunday as well. Yeah. Uh, so this is surprising, though. Not only is the matchup predictor have them at 74%, but the line is eight and a half. I wow. Um I would have I was guessing it was going to be more like two and a half. I think people think the Chargers are still good. Yeah, uh, it's like you said they're they have a pretty stacked roster. They really do have a lot of talent out there. Um but for whatever reason they're not able to make it all work together. Like when you think of the Chargers, you think of this like vaunted offense, right? But I mean this is the, this is their last games. They scored 17 against the Chiefs, 17 against the Cowboys, 24 against the Raiders, 28 against the Vikings, 24 against the Titans. And week one, they had 34 against the Dolphins. But the Dolphins' defense sucks too. So the, the team isn't scoring. And sure, they might get right versus the Bears. If if everything clicks for the Chargers, they could win this game by 50. 
but they've also shown an ability to lose to anybody. So I am ready to watch the game. I'm actually kind of excited to watch it. I, yeah. I if I was gonna bet it, I'd bet the Bears eight and a half's a lot with a Chargers team. Yeah. That's, that's this dumb. Take the points. Yeah, I mean the, the Chargers just they constantly find new ways to screw things up. You know, uh, I just noticed this, and uh, so think back to the beginning of the seasons. Uh, would you have predicted in Week Eight that uh, that um, Herbert would have ten touchdowns and Fields would have eleven? No, <laughs> I sure wouldn't have. And that's with that's with Herbert having a game in hand, right? Yeah. So, um, wow, uh, that is interesting. I just I just noticed that. I certainly would not have picked that. Um, maybe combined touchdowns, but this is just passing, passing touchdowns. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, I could see Chicago winning this game. I could also see them uh, losing. You know, this game, this team right now. That's you know that unpredictability is something that we've harped on, and it's hard to tell what you're going to get. Um, I certainly was happy with their play on Sunday, and I'd love to see some of it um, roll over to this week. Uh, I am excited to watch the game too. Uh, it, it, the Chargers might be the underperforming team of the NFL. They are every year. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> they, they they have had that a lot of times. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if the Chargers blow the Bears out. I also wouldn't be surprised if the Bears go out there and win a close game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears lose a coach game. I mean, these are two poorly coached teams. So, either one is capable of hanging around for a while and then just completely screwing it up in the last five minutes. I know one thing. I certainly was not expecting a line of eight and a half. I, I'm serious. I would I would definitely be looking at the points for that Especially game. Especially when you think about it. I mean, that stadium's going to be full of Bears fans. Oh, there's going to be a whole lot of them at that game. It'd be fun, actually, to be in that game. <laughs> sure. um, so, uh, that just leaves uh, Survivor. Survivor. So... Man. We squeaked it out again. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. You, a win you, is a win is a win. You talk about the NFL gods, like, sp- smiling down upon you. <laughs> and, I mean, first of all, we, we put money on, or we put our pick on Deshaun Watson, who is terrible, apparently. Yeah. And also gets injured. And then we're out, we got P.J. Walker. And oh, then man. I, I'm like, uh, we're done. And then Miles Garrett. Uh, forces three turnovers and has a block kick and gets a strip sack for a touchdown. Just completely takes over the game. And Didn't then, he just go over to the other sideline and kick their coach in the balls? He should have. And then the Browns still find a way to blow it so that they're down. And then somehow P.J. Walker leads a game-winning drive that's assisted by the officials throwing a pass interference flag <laughs> on a ball that he throws into like the third deck it is so clearly uncatchable and these officials throw the flag and then on the last play of the game literally as time expires kareem hunt gets the ball into the end zone by like literally an inch yeah like we could not have been any closer to getting eliminated but you know what you get screwed over a lot as an nfl fan with terrible officiating and right. terrible breaks and so when you when you get a break you'll take it but yeah we got we got lucky yeah I, we we did and uh hey that's the way it works but we're, but, doing, we're doing well in our pool though we're in the top 20 percent now over a thousand people have been eliminated and we're still kicking yeah and um we certainly took one that uh, a lot of team a, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of the other 
players are not going to be looking to jump on anytime soon. Yeah, no, we we got one with the Browns. So, but um, yeah, it, when it comes right down to it, uh, the only thing that matters is wins and losses, and and we got to win. So, uh, what are we what are we looking at for this week? Who are you liking? Um, so one team I definitely don't want to use is the Chargers. Yeah, we, no, no. we just talked about why. No. So, I mean, there's a couple of really big spreads. You've got the Chiefs going to Denver. You've got Baltimore going to Arizona. Those are both very likely wins, but you don't love going on the road. And then you've got the Patriots going to Miami, or you've got Tampa Bay going to Buffalo. Those are the big ones. There's nobody really that stands out to me this week where it's like, yeah, it's like a two-point spread, but I'd really like to use these guys. Yeah. I think I want to stick with one of the, the big spreads that I just listed off and a couple other big spreads we've already na- we've already used. We can't Yeah, use I like um I like the Ravens. Yeah. Uh going to going to the Cardinals. Um that team, you know, it they they get a big A for effort every week, but um you know they're they're not good, <laughs> and and they've been really bad recently. Like yeah, the, the Cardinals started out a little bit feisty, but they've lost their last four games by double digits. I think. So, well, their quarterback is remembering who he is. Yeah, Josh Dobbs. Like <laughs> he's 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 not good. But I, I, the thing I don't love about that one though is like that, or Baltimore just had a big win at home, and now you got to go to. Arizona, where there's going to be like seven people in the crowd. What about the Texans at Carolina? Ooh. So I, 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 the Texans are playing some spirited football. D'Amico Ryan's must have put something in the water. Yeah, and they're coming off a bye. Carolina started to play a little bit better on offense before the bye. I kind of want to stay away from that one. Okay. Um, I, I was just like maybe, maybe with Bryce Young, maybe he's figured something out a little bit. I just. I don't trust Houston to go on the road just yet. Well, and of, of course, you know, the, the, the glaring one probably is New England at Miami. Yeah. Um, Miami would be really hard for them to screw that up. I think that's where I'm leaning here. The Bills on Thursday night against Tampa feels like a game that's almost impossible for them to lose to. The only thing about that is that, you know, you've voiced your concern about the Bills. Um about their play and man uh it was reflective last week uh, they they certainly I, I for a team that is supposedly a Super Bowl contender they certainly don't look like it well, anymore and there's a spot in 2 weeks from now where you can absolutely smash buffalo in this pool and that's their home on Monday night football against the broncos Oh, yeah. So, like, maybe if they get through this Thursday night game, they can figure it out a little bit over the long week, and then they play the Bengals, and then they've got another long week to get ready for Monday night. I feel like maybe we wait to see about them a little bit more. Do you want us to go with Miami tentatively, and maybe we'll we'll see what we're feeling as the week goes by? Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, uh, we, we can go with Miami for right now and, and you know, uh, see see if we want to stick with that. Um but uh, you know, I I don't think that should be a lot of trouble for them. That that New England team, I think it's pretty much uh, a given that Bill Belichick needs to finally retire. <laughs> well, apparently, he just signed a huge contract extension. Uh, well, you know, it's pretty shocking because I I don't see how that guy is. It, it not not because of his age, 
but because he just doesn't seem to have any fire left for the game. You know, I mean, he just, uh, his team is terrible. Well, and it, it just seems like the issue with him, too, is that he's in charge of personnel, and that just doesn't seem to be going very well. And it usually doesn't, by yeah. the way. Like, normally when you give a head coach personnel responsibility, it ends poorly. Yeah. Like, there's just too much to do both. And he skated by for so long because he had Tom Brady. But there were a lot of bad draft picks in the Brady era, too. And Brady was just good enough to cover everything up. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. The Belichick thing doesn't seem to be working. And good for them for getting a win against Buffalo this week. Tua is, argu- is arguably the number one rated quarterback in the NFL yeah. right now. Let's keep an eye on the Dolphins injury report. They've had, I think Teron Armstead was out for them, and I think Jalen Waddle might have gotten hurt in that last game too. But assuming they're healthy, I like them a lot at home against the Patriots. And, you know, also this week, like after last week, I kind of want to go with a safer pick, to be honest. Sure. So... Let's keep an eye on that, and but I think that'll be our plan for now. Okay. All right, Bears fans, uh, thanks for joining us uh, again this week, and uh, uh, we're we're hoping that you're going to go out to sunny California. <laughs> go, go have some fun out in LA, and go cheer on the Bears. You'll be in the majority out there. I don't think the Chargers have any fans. No, they, L- literally, I don't think they do. They, it, it, back in those days when they were talking about. Um, moving the Vikings, the reason I knew that was total BS was because there was several teams that were below them, and at the very bottom was the San Diego Chargers. They they got, they had one of their playoff games be blacked out in their own market. So <laughs> you, you can't really get any worse than that. And they, they, had, they had worse viewership than the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's in San Diego where it's warm. I know. Like sometimes you get a playoff game that's not sold out in like, Buffalo when it's like negative 75 and there's just 10 feet of snow but in San Diego it's like sunny and 75 what else every are you single doing? day get out there what like, is our weather going to be when we go out there the same as it is every day yeah so I don't know who's watching them in LA besides nobody but yeah yeah if, if you're going out there enjoy the game if you're not going out there let's come hang out at the bar oh yeah the new bar um doesn't have a name it, oh, it doesn't? I don't believe so. Oh, I thought it was like Eddie's or... Uh, I don't know. We have a new Bears bar again. Or... Uh, so if you need information on that, text Tom or me or hit, <laughs> hit us up on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. We'll tell you where to go. Bear down! Bear down.